Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We're back. It's the Food Show with Allie Lofton, the kooky oyster broad, or oyster lady Lofton, whichever you prefer. We've had a great first hour. Oh, my gosh. It just zipped by Beatrice Germain, new executive director from the French-American Gulf Coast Chamber of Commerce. She was fantastic. i got to start brushing up on my French, y'all. I took it in high school, um, and then I switched to Spanish in college, and now I, like, I just got, like, newly invigorated. I need to just do my Spanish again. Um, so... Call us, 260-6368. We're going to be talking about cheese for the next hour, which I could talk about cheese forever. Um, and Marianne is going to be um, so sad. Well, probably not. I mean, she's with her grandbabies for a week, so I'm sure she's over the moon. But she is going to be so sad that she missed us because in the newsletter um, just two days ago and numerous times, she said, I don't know if I could live in a world without cheese. And the guest that I have here today couldn't agree 100% more. In fact, she's spent her whole professional career curating this lifestyle around one of life's most precious delicacies, which is cheese. And um, she's brought a spread here today. And actually, I'm, I'm going to tell you, Liz. So it's Liz Thorpe, and we're going to introduce her here in just a minute. Um, but we are, uh, I'm embarrassed to admit, I, I love cheese. Now, I'm not a cheese connoisseur, but I do like to go and read, and I do my research, um, you know, and I feel like I know all of the great places to buy cheese, and I've eaten enough to have some comparisons and know what I like, okay? But I feel like I'm about ready to get schooled on what truly <laughs> excellent cheese is. But that's okay. I'm going to, uh, you know, put myself on the sacrificing pit here and, and just start from scratch as if I knew nothing, and I'm sure at the end of all of this, I'm going to feel like I really need to up my cheese game. So Liz Thorpe is here um, with Fete de Fromage, um, and that's the festival going on this weekend. But before we dive into that, we're going to dive into her um, professional history and, and on how she arrived at the expertise level she is with all things cheese. So Liz, yes. welcome. Thank Tell you. Us. Thrilled to be here. Why should anybody live in a world without cheese i don't, don't know i don't know well luckily we don't have well, to make luckily, that hard we choice don't have to. yeah so i've cheese has been my life professionally for almost 20 years now and um 20 and personally too professionally <laughs> mm. it's like there's like the live the live work divide doesn't really exist for me with with the cheese um but yeah i've i started in cheese in the early 2000s i left a job in investment banking and i went to work at a store in new york city called murray's cheese which at that time was like this little hole in the wall in greenwich village you left investment ba i don't know any of this all, so it's <laughs> gonna be all new you left investment banking was this one of those like life's just like moments yes because this is a complete career change that you're about ready to tell us about 
Yes, it was. I mean, yes, it was (laughs) definitely a career change. Um, But yeah, no, it was one of life's moments. I was newly out of college and I realized, oh, when you graduate from college, you work. And when you work, like you spend all your time working. And if you don't like what you do, (laughs) you're really miserable. (laughs) And if you have the luxury to be able to pursue a job that you are passionate about, um, maybe that maybe that could make Maybe that could make it better. And I, for some weird reason that I still can't explain to people, like I got really interested in cheese. Um, I lived in Brooklyn. and it's I, delicious. I know. And I think for me, like, also, I just didn't realize there are literally thousands of different cheeses. Like I grew up in Connecticut and went to the supermarket and there was like cheddar and sharp cheddar and mild cheddar. And like, that was it. <laughs> Havarti. Um and anyway, so whatever, for some reason, I was got, got really interested, and I, I took a plunge, and I went to work at the shop in New York in 2002, and that was how it started. And you know, Why this cheese shop? Now I'm curious. So Murray's is the, it was, it was and is the oldest cheese shop, cheese shop in Manhattan, and it's sort of like an institution. You know, New York has these food institutions. If you want smoked salmon, you go to Rest and Daughters. Yeah. If you want the best bagel, if you want the best, you know, everyone, it's like, if you want the best whatever. And Murray's was like where you went if you wanted the best cheese cheese. Um, but when I started working there, it was this one little shop and we grew the business. I, I ran, I was the vice president of the company for 10 years and grew it from this little tiny thing to this massive national brand and company. Um, and along the way, got to, you know, start start all our businesses, started an import company, worked with chefs all over Through this Murray's company. Yeah, supplying, you know, the French Laundry and all the four-star restaurants in New York with, you know, the the best cheese. I used to ship cheese to New Orleans in FedEx boxes to the Della Chase, y'all, on St. Charles Avenue back in, like, (laughs) 2004, 2005. It was, like, right – I mean, it couldn't have been much later than 2005. but anyway, so yeah, I was like cheese central for chefs all over the country because back then, like you couldn't, like now you can get all these things everywhere. It wasn't imported but the way it is. It wasn't as available as it is now. Um, and so anyway, I was there for 10 years. I wrote a couple of books. I uh, left the company in 2012 and started my own business. And my family and I moved to New Orleans five years ago. So here I am. Okay. So, I mean, like it's not Sa- Santa cheese with like the sack over my shoulder. It's not unusual to hear people uh, from New York or residing in New York for a long time moving to New Orleans. Why, what, what was there the. There is, and all, especially like I'm, I'm, I'm a Brooklynite. I lived in Brooklyn the whole 15 years I was in New York. And there's this like weird Brooklyn, New Orleans connection in particular, I've noticed. But um, I mean, in my case, my husband's mother grew up here. He's got a lot of family okay. here. So he had a family connection yep. to the city. Um, but I mean, New Orleans, I mean, I don't know. New Orleans is like nowhere else. It is such a singular city and I, and New York is such a singular city and they're very different, but, um, I don't know. I think if you, there are people who want to be in a place. culture in the same ways, even though it's not the same city. Yeah. And the, the pace is different, but just like you're in a place where every morning you wake up and you're like damn, I live in a place that's just, like, just about here. It's, yeah. like, only here. Yeah. There's an appreciation cool. for it that's not the same anywhere else. Yeah. yeah. And you get that. And people say that about New York as well. And yeah. And there. Totally. So, um, so anyway, my husband started a business here. We moved here five years ago. And my company is a consulting company. So sure. I can be anywhere. So I'm lucky enough to be here. Oh, that's great. But last year, uh, actually, Beatrice, the woman who was just on with you, um, 
last year the French American Chamber of Commerce decided they wanted to start a cheese festival because, you know, people think France and they think cheese, cheese. fromage. Um, and since I live here, um, they kind of approached me about getting involved. Yeah. And, and Perfect that, fit. I did a little bit last year. And this year I took over the festival with uh, my friend and partner, Rachel Heligman. Um, so we're co-directing this year. And we've grown the festival from like a one-day festival to this year it's like three days of cheese events. In its second year. Yeah. This is still like in in a, f- a festival terms, this is infancy. Yeah, and I have, there is the New Yorker in me still that's like, no, no, like we need to grow like 700% every year. <laughs> right. Like, come on, come on, the chop, chop. I'm, yeah. I'm looking at, like I look at something like Tales of the Cocktail and I'm like, could there be like a month of cheese in New Orleans? Yes. Where like, you know, all the restaurants that I, where there's like programming throughout the city, like that to me is, because cheese can be so many different things, and it can be, like, I don't know. It's just very easy to integrate into life, I find. Yes, absolutely. So. And, I mean, <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was just thinking, like, and I remember I was going to go, and I was telling Beatrice this, I was going to go uh, last year, but as you know with kids, tis ear infection season oh, and yeah. cold season, and mm. so you never know when that's going to pop up. But that was supposed to be date night last year yes and so then when i was looking into it again this year i'm like it's only the second year i feel like where's this festival been my whole life well we're making up for lost time right in those early years of kids there is no concept of time no i was just gonna say it's sort of like the before and after right right so um it's in its infancy but so they have an event tonight, sold out. I'm only telling you all that because this is how big this thing has gotten in just two years. And an, an event tonight, which you're leading, which is sold out. Yeah. A Friday night event, sold out. But what you do have left is Saturday. So when we all tell you all more about that after we talk about Liz's books, um, it's going to be a good time Saturday. It's going to yeah, be Yeah, and it is like the big cheese of the of the three events. Saturday, no pun intended Saturday is, at all. is the big one. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I'll also, I brought some. Yeah, I brought cheese and wine because that's like how I am. I mean, but that's I'm gonna, what we I'm, do. Can I? Yes, may I let's open do this it. So we can we can sip some bubbles and talk books and talk cheese and our palates will be wetted for when she's we're ready a, to she's do a, a tasting. She's a pro at this now. So when the cork I, comes, I thought out, it would be fun to pop it on air. It's um. There we go. Doesn't that sound go. so fun and hey, celebratory? In the meantime, if first of all, if anybody has questions, Ooh, I'm going to yeah, have if anyone a ton has of questions. questions. Okay, I'm going to have a ton of questions, so I might beat you to it. But if anybody has questions, including you, Doug, um, who just stepped in and was, I'm going to eat all the cheese. Um, if anybody has questions for Liz, please call us, 260-6368. And don't worry, I will take no offense. And I said this the last time I was on with the show. I do not feel like callers are indicative of quality of the show. Sometimes, and because I listen all the time, cheers. Um, cheers. Because I listen all the time, um, you know, some days you have shows where people just want to absorb you know, they just they just want to absorb the content of the show and they might call in two days later or you're driving and picking up the kids like right. me <laughs> from school. And Marianne will be talking about some interesting topic. And she's like, well, somebody please call. I'm like, damn, I can't call. Or I do call. And the kids are like screaming in the background. So that's not effective. So don't worry. We're not taking offense if y'all don't have time to call in. But if you do, 260-6368. We're about to dive into some of these cheeses. I'm about to get the edification of a lifetime on all cheese and realize that I have been eating inferior 
inferiorly um, <laughs> over cheese um, the past probably 20 years of my life. Um, and Liz is going to educate us all on those. But in the meantime, tell tell me, can you tell me about the development of the books? Yeah, sure. So um, I've written three books about cheese. People ask me if I'm going to write any more, and the answer is no. I don't have anything up. <laughs> I have nothing left to say. I've said it all. But there's so um, many cheeses, though. I know, but like, yo, I've written like a thousand pages about cheese. <laughs> um, more, probably. Um, but anyway, my uh, the first book I wrote was I, I co-authored the Murray's Cheese Handbook, the company I work for in New York. We put that out in 2007. And it was like a pretty revolutionary book because, I mean, you've mentioned a couple of times sort of like that I'm going to school you. And I can and I will. And I hope people might have questions because I love to answer questions. But I also love to point out that for me, like cheese shouldn't be a snobby elite food. And I I am very nerdy and I get into subjects and I love to learn a lot about things. But I also I, I hate it when things feel kind of like unapproachable. And for me, the fun of it is it's kind of the fun of exploration versus like, you know, I don't want people to feel like, oh, I don't like I don't know the right cheese. So like I'm mm -hmm. not I'm not worthy. No, no, no. I <laughs> but... totally appreciate that. But I love to absorb information. Yeah, yeah, I am a too. lifetime learner bookworm. Yeah. You know, and that was really so the first book, the first book I did like to that end was kind of. The, the books about cheese up till that point had, had been really like, you know, like you either have to like be serious or you're just you're not worthy. And the the Murray's Cheese Handbook was like a Zagat's Guide to Cheese. So it was really like short, pithy little entries about a couple hundred different cheeses. And um, so it was and that's very much my tone and my style. Um, my second book is called The Cheese Chronicles, and that was very different. It was more of a memoir, like how did like, how did a girl get into a job in cheese? And it was all about my travels all over the United States. I've traveled extensively visiting cheesemakers. And so it's stories of all these different producers and kind of and, and, and information about sort of the state of cheese in the United States only. Um, and very near and dear to my heart. A lot of my friends are in that book, became my friends when I met them on my travels. Um, and then my most recent book is called The Book of Cheese. And it was named that because, you know, hopefully if you buy one book about cheese, it would be the book of cheese. And that is like a massive reference. Very beautiful photography. Like if you want to dive deep in. And if you just want one, like if you're sort of like, like there's a wine lover in my life, like this would be a great birthday or Christmas gift for that mm -hmm. person. It's sort of like a compliment, you know, if, if. But if you want one book that's going to sort of give you the overview, it's got about 400 different cheeses in it. But it's also got my my approach to sort of the taxonomy of cheese, how I categorize it, and how you can kind of understand what the categories are and branch out from what you like and find new things that you're going to enjoy. Um, oh, th that is the tone for we're about ready to go oh, to break. Okay, so yes. we're going to go to break for a minute. And when we get back, we'll be talking to Liz Thorpe more um, and eating some of these delicious cheeses, which we're going to describe to you all so you can figure out how to go out and get them and eat them yourselves and make cheese approachable. Awesome. Thanks, y'all. Be back. Liz, I don't know how old you are, but I'm 35. Do you? And I watched reruns of this. Do oh, you remember this? I feel like I watched the original. This is <laughs> <laughs> cheese keeps you young. Yes. Um, that's right. So we're back. Allie Lofton, 
Oyster Lady Loft and the Kooky Oyster Broad. Um, I'm here talking today um, with Liz Thorpe, cheese expert connoisseur, and we're about to dive into some cheeses. Don't worry, Doug. We're going to hook you up, man. I'm going to make sure you got fed with some <laughs> bubblies, too. Um, so we, we popped the cork on some bubblies, and we're about to dive into cheese, and um, Liz is going to tell us all about what she brought today. Um, she, was, she was sharing with us about um, her books, uh, The Book of Cheese is what we ended on, which um, now I have to go out and get the book of cheese so that I can like really indulge myself because I'm a total nerd when I'm researching things for the first time. So I'm going to let her tell us about what she brought um, and we're going to do some tastings. Gosh, I'm so excited. It looks delicious. Um, And then as we do that, um, we're going to talk about this development um, with this very new festival, only in its second year, but nearly all sold out except for the best day, which is Saturday where you can eat your heart out in cheese. And if there doesn't sound like a more beautiful, wonderful day spent but eating your heart out in cheese, I do not know what it is. So, Liz, thank you so much for being here with us today. My Tell pleasure. me what we got going on. Well, here, I made you a plate. I'm okay, pass yes. it across. Um, so I brought a selection of cheeses. I sort of, when I'm doing a cheese tasting kind of broadly, I try to have a range of styles, textures, milk types, right? So people often ask me, like, well, if I'm going to do a you know spread of cheese at the holidays, I have company coming over, like, what should I do? And so sort of I, I, I did today what I think people should do, which is like three to five cheeses, and you want to hit a range of styles. So when I say that, I mean you want something buttery, creamy, and soft. You want something firmer, harder more aged you maybe you want a blue cheese so we've we've got all three of those things plus some other randos in there um and i also i mean obviously i brought cheeses that are from makers who are going to be participating in feta fromage the cheese festival this saturday so one of the things i mean we've been talking about how we're both secretly seriously geeky and like to dive in and learn and for me one of the things that I wanted this festival to do that was maybe a little different from the typical festival was to give people a chance to learn. And so, yes, there are a ton of cheeses, more than 150 will be there on Saturday, but they're all there. That sounds like a dream. Yeah, with, well, yeah, (laughs) like, yes. Um, But they're all there with the makers or the importers who are responsible for bringing those cheeses to the market. So it's a chance to like talk to the people behind the scenes Maybe the person who makes it, maybe the person who goes to Europe and decides this cheese is worth bringing into the U.S. Um, And it's a chance to ask questions and learn a little bit more. So all of these cheeses will be there. All of these makers uh, will be there. Um, But what I did for you is I made you a plate. We're going to start at 12 o'clock and taste clockwise around the plate. So that means we're going to – I I organize things to go from milder to stronger flavors. And so we always start with the young, creamy, runny – Smear, so when you're organizing cheeses. a tray spread, you're to do That's it this the, way. Yeah, the same idea. Or even like when I have people over and I don't want to be, you know, like have it be cheese school. People are just hanging out. But it's helpful to throw out some tips for friends and guests. And, you know, so I'll, t- I'll tell people like, hey, I recommend starting here and then, you know, ending here. Because if you taste a really strong, spicy blue cheese and then you try to taste a mild, buttery, delicate brie, 
we have both of those today, you're not going to taste the brie. Like the blue is yeah, so it's strong overpower and it. so overwhelming. Yep. So it's kind of like if you're going to have both, like let people know. <laughs> Give them a heads up that they should taste the right. brie first. And then if they want to, then they'll do whatever I they want. I feel like intuitively I should know that, but I'm not sure. I mean, I've bought a lot of, you know, um, what, I, what I feel like are nice cheeses based on what I do know um, and put them out. Um, but I don't think that I've ever, like, deliberately arranged them that way. Yeah, so. and it's, I mean, also, like, look, we're all sitting around drinking and talking. Like, you're going to reach for whatever's closest to you unless somebody says – there, there might be another yeah. way to approach this. Yes. Um, so, you know, that's basically my strategy. And so the first cheese that I would recommend you try is the one at 12 o'clock on your plate. And you can tell by looking at it. It's got, got that white, soft skin on the outside of the cheese. And, you know, most people would look at it and be like, oh, it's God, a brie. I love brie. And that's, that's what it is. But it's, it's, it's a brie plus. Okay. Right? So what is, oh God, the so plus bad. is that it has had cream added to it. <laughs> we were so good. talking about the cuisine of New Orleans. I think this is a city that appreciates a dash of cream. Mm-hmm. Um, in everything. Yeah. <laughs> so you take this style that's like buttery and rich and you add cream to it. And it becomes what's called a triple creme or a triple cream. And that just means it's more buttery and rich. <laughs> Sorry, baby. So, if you're out there listening right now, I'm eating all this cheese without you. Sorry. So, I mean, this is like a very traditional French-style brie originated in France, in northwestern France. And the triple creme was an invention of the French. Um, but now this style can be made in different places. Um, this particular one is called Le Bon V. So it's like a brand you can look for. And it's available, like, all over the market here. Um, you can find it in the supermarket. You can find it at specialty stores. So... Um, Le Bon Vie does lots of French and French-style cheeses, goat cheeses and brie-style cheeses. Um, and they'll have all of them at the festival on Saturday. Okay. I have a question. Yeah. Just diving in. So I, I recognize that brand name. Okay, cool. I recognize that brand name. And, of course, when I go, so you miss the times I buy the cheeses at um, Martin's. Okay, awesome. Or Dornack's. Yep. And they usually have, like, Four different brie styles yeah. out. I mean, it's how do the most I even popular, know what It's I'm... the most popular style of cheese. Like, if you look at sales, so in my, my day job where I, you know, when I'm not making cheese festivals happen, um, I work with clients all over the country. And when you look at what sells nationally, brie is one of the most popular categories of so cheese. So delicious. So, yeah, I would expect they would have four or six or even more. Um, and sometimes they're called brie or camembert, and sometimes they have other names. So, basically, if it looks like a brie, if it's creamy and has a white soft skin, it's it's in the same family. It's going to have the same general flavor profile. But there's hundreds of different brie-style cheeses. Um, so, you know, you have to do the hard work of tasting them all and figuring out which ones you like the best. Um, but there, there are French versions, and a, a number of American producers make awesome brie-style cheeses now. So, also we've got some sparkling wine, and this is one of my favorite combos because the cheese is so mouth-coating and like rich. And then you drink a dry white wine that's got bubbles in it, and the bubbles kind of scrub the fat off your palate. So you're like, oh yeah, I can just oh. like eat another piece and then like take another sip and. Um, 
this is we have a and it becomes a pattern yeah totally and see how that works and then you're like oh it's all gone but we've got um all all of the wines at the festival are french wines and we have uh, not a true champagne but a champagne style mm-hmm. so a french sparkling wine um and we also at one of the things we did this year that I'm excited about that's new is uh, we did recommended pairings at all of the beverage stations. So if you buy a glass of wine, there are four choices, or you buy a beer, there are five choices, or you buy a hard cider. Um, we have our recommended, like, if you buy this drink, you got to try. This is the one cheese you got to try. See, I would this. love that. Like, that's and the nerd in me. Yeah, like, me too. That's the person in me that that wants to just understand and absorb more information about the things that I'm experiencing. Yeah, and it's know? like there's 150 cheeses. Like, maybe someone out there is going to try all of them, but most people are not. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like if you're drinking, like, whatever, an Urban South Holy Ruler IPA, like, go to Old Croc and taste the cheddar and with the IPA because it's an amazing pairing yeah and then like that that's that's what I mean about sort of trying to build some education I mean that's an experience though in itself I feel like you know that's what we do here in New Orleans is like you know I mean some of us just want to eat and drink and not really think much about it and I appreciate (laughs) that too at times but but, like you don't have to I've done the thinking for you (laughs) that's right oh god now I'm all set you just just, you drink and eat just follow follow my directions (laughs) yes I like that even more I like that even more okay so so I'm going to my three yeah you're going clockwise so um to the right the next one is and I don't recommend the rind on this. You can yep. see it's like okay. a hard waxed rind. Yep. Um, generally, when the rind is hard and crusty, not recommended. Mm. When it's soft and this skin-like, it is. Um, but this is a, a, a harder cheese. And this is a Gouda. So Gouda is traditionally a Dutch cheese, but there is this awesome Dutch woman who lives in Wisconsin. My last name is Thorpe, and this woman, Marika, lit, has a farm in Thorpe, Wisconsin. But... Um, that's not why I love her. Um, she m- moved here from the Netherlands and really missed traditional Dutch cheese and s- started making cheese on her family's dairy farm. And so she makes only Goudas. I am surprised for you ages. to tell me that this is a Gouda. This is a young young Gouda. This is a young Gouda. Mm-hmm. But why is it white? Well, that's interesting because actually when we look at the next cheese, the next cheese, if you look at it, is even whiter. But it has to do with what the animals eat. So um, grass will change the color of milk. Um, Animals who are eating straw as opposed to fresh Mm -hmm, grass, that can mm -hmm. impact the color. Um, And also as cheese ages, it gets darker. So a younger cheese is always going to be more ivory colored, lighter in color than like an, an, an aged cheese. And you told me earlier you're a fan of aged Gouda. I have one of those too. So okay, I've got I, a young one and an aged one. The aged ones are often dyed, so this, they look orange. Okay, this, doesn't it have some sort of enzyme in it? Like the the, the yellow, the, yellow yeah, color? Yeah, it's, it's not, yeah, it's it's a, just a coloring agent, okay. a plant-derived coloring agent. But this one doesn't have it because the young Goudas typically are not this colored. This is really surprising, and I will tell you, um, I am not typically a fan of Goudas, and I'm going to tell you right now, after eating this, it must be because I'm eating the wrong freaking Goudas, okay? <laughs> well, is the This is spectacular, and I'll tell you a story. So I, I don't know the name of it, but I only know the story of it. It was a five-year, five-year-aged Gouda uh-huh. that it crystallized mm-hmm. and was crunchy yep. from the crystallization. So I discovered this cheese in 2013 in this little specialty cheese shop that opened up in Ocean Springs, Mississippi. They were not there very long. The right. guy 
I think he said he commuted from New Orleans. Oh, so gosh. So he tried to, I think he tried to open up his own business in this cheese shop in Ocean Springs. And I just, I don't think it was embraced well, you know, we're about, we're, okay. So we're going to go to break here for just a quick minute. Then we'll come back and finish. We're going to get it all in y'all. We're going to tell you all about it. We're going to get these cheeses wrapped up. And we're going to tell you about the festival that you can go to on Saturday, 105.3 FM HD2. Liz Thorpe here with Allie Lofton. Thanks, y'all. Welcome back, y'all. You're listening to the Tom Fitzmorris Food Show. Maybe you're just tuning in because you're about ready to start your commute home. Um, you're listening to your guest hostess for the day, Allie Lofton, the oyster lady. And, um, you know, you know the business I have, ceramic oyster shells, functional cookware, I like to talk about my business, but more than anything, I like to talk about um, and highlight other people in the food industry and amplify their bo- their voices and their businesses to tell you um, more about how to eat and drink around New Orleans. So that's what I'm here doing today with Liz Thorpe. She's brought us some delicious cheeses. Um, we started with um, a triple cream Free. Yep, you got it. Um, and now we've moved to a Gouda. And I told her just before break that Gouda has never really been um, my favorite. I don't, I'm not really, I don't know that I can pinpoint why, but this one is different. Um, it's, it's delicious. It's a little sharp. Yeah, it's, well, she, um, the so Wisconsin Marika lady. Gouda is what it's, it, the brand is Marika Gouda, but that's, her name is Marika Penterman. And um, she only works with raw milk. So uh-huh. that's pretty unusual. Um, you know, cheese can be made of raw milk or pasteurized milk. And in this country, it has to be aged for at least 60 days if you're going to work with raw milk, right? So the Brie styles. Due to the, the bacteria, The fresh right? cheeses, like all of those young cheeses will will never be raw milk in this country. Uh, they will in Europe, but not here. Um, but once you're over 60 days, it's up to the cheesemaker. And so Marika's cheeses are all at least three months old. Um, many of them are more aged than that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think part of the reason that there's so much complexity and flavor is because of the quality of her milk. And, um, and I was mentioning she is Dutch and sort of was raised and and taught to make Dutch cheese in the Netherlands. So she's really bringing a lot of expertise to her farm in Wisconsin. Um, And she's going to have a whole bunch of cheeses at the Fet. I mean, this is one one of many. Um, She has some that have flavors added to them. She has some that are aged. So it's kind of cool to like one cheese, Gouda, and then you can taste like five different versions from the same producer. And it's like they're all pretty different from one another. so again, that to me is the, the the cool opportunity about having all that cheese in one place. Um, she'll be in the Cheeselandia tent, which is the Wisconsin tent. We have three makers from Wisconsin, and then we have like a, a sort of an installation of other Wisconsin cheese makers who who aren't going to be at the festival, but whose cheese will be presented. And it's like they've got a cheese Ferris wheel, so like. I don't think it's it's not like a Ferris wheel you can ride on, but it's like okay. a Ferris wheel of cheese. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, it's going to be kind of well. Yeah. Let's make let's awesome. let's um, shift and tell people about the festival so that oh, sure. we can we can make sure that they know what to do and and where to go if they've been thinking about it, and then we'll switch back to the cheeses because yeah, I want to yeah. make sure everybody knows about how to come out and what to do. Awesome. Well, you have to. Buy a ticket and come eat cheese is the requirement. There we um, go. But, uh, no, it's this Saturday, the 16th of November. It is um, being held at the New Orleans Jazz Museum at the old U.S. Mint. 
Um, we have VIP doors opening at 11, general admission opening at 12, and the festival's going until 4. Um, and basically, you, you do need a ticket to get in. So it's a ticketed festival. But any ticket, no matter what level you buy, gets you in the door, and you can taste as many cheeses as you want. Um, and from there, if you want to buy, you know, we have a ticket that has, you know, drink tickets included in it, you know, three free drinks, and we have VIP tickets that get you into a lounge with special cheeses and food and open bar. And so, um, so that's at Esplanade and Decatur? Esplanade between, uh, yeah, and between and North Peters. Yep. Right. So, yep. Get out there. And it's, yeah, it's, it's an outdoor festival, but it's supposed to be perfect on Saturday. Perfect in this northerner's opinion. 60 and sunny. So I'll take it. Yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect that's, cheesy. That's better than that's better than today cuz it's a little brisk for me today. Yeah, it would be hard to sit outside maybe for hours. Well, today. not necessarily if you, you know, if you have you, a little bubbly and cheese, say, you, okay, that's that's what Beatrice and I were talking about next wine, Thursday right? is um you're going to warm right up. If anybody has been, I know it's only two years old. This is only the second year, and it's sold out. And if that doesn't, other than Saturday, okay, so it was just these two events. She has an event tonight. She's skipping out of here and running off to afterwards. It's close by, thank goodness. And then a Friday event, but Saturday is not. Get out there. Get You can buy tickets to the door. Um, you can. They're a little more expensive day of. So okay, I, if right, you're thinking you really want to come, buy them in advance because you'll save well, a little money. Well, look at the money. weather. I mean, and, it's going to be perfect. But yeah, you can buy them day of. Sure. Um, get out there. If anybody went last year and wants to tell us how it was, or if anybody has questions for Liz about um, maybe you're maybe listen. Your Thanksgiving is cheese two questions. weeks off okay thanksgiving yep. is two weeks away if you have any questions about what to buy what to get if you're looking for some inspiration um get out there if you want to call and ask a question to 6-6-3-6-8. don't be shy steven where are you are you a cheese eater um <laughs> He's he's one of our fantastic listeners and callers. Um and 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 Gregory, he must be working today. But um because he is our cheese and wine connoisseur at Aquista Paces. So oh, awesome. call us two six oh six three six eight. Um talk to Liz. Otherwise, you know it is Saturday. Uh eleven for VIP, twelve um for entry, and it's gonna be for four hours and you che- eat cheese for four hours. And listen to music. We have an amazing lineup of yes. great live music. And also we have some like cheese spectacles going on. So we have a grand entrance with our MC Trixie Minx that will involve a second line band and an 80 pound wheel of Swiss Gruyere. And it's going to be pretty awesome. <laughs> and then we have some of the best chefs in the city competing on our main stage at one o'clock to see who can break open a giant, a giant wheel of cheese the fastest. So our, like cut it up, like like, so like crack the wheel. So okay. our 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 main our our headlining battle royale is going to be Dan Stein of Stein's yep. Market in Delhi, yep, and Mason Hereford of Turkey and the Wolf yep. and Molly's Rise and Shine, and they are each going to be given their own eighty-pound wheel of Italian Parmigiano-Reggiano. It's a two-year-aged mm. wheel of cheese. It's like it's like a a, a rock, a giant boulder. And there's this like traditional set of tools that you use to crack open a wheel of parm. That's it's not it's not like a chainsaw. It's like these little knives and little spades. And they're gonna have to they're gonna have to break that wheel open. And then we're gonna send the wheel over to another chef who's gonna be tossing fresh pasta in the wheel of cheese. Oh my god! So you can eat delicious. pasta 
with like a cream, a grappa cream sauce that's like tossed in a giant wheel of cheese. So, you know, it's like, going to be if a that good sounds time. bad, then don't come. Okay. You know, <laughs> it's, it's going to be a fantastic time. There's lots of cheese in all its many forms. And it's all cheese. And I just simply cannot think of a better way to spend your Saturday than with all cheese. And I think you have um, little, uh, for little cheese, like uh, for kids to come, oh, right? Yes. Is it the petite fromage yes. ticket. <laughs> yeah, for, uh, for kids under 17. So perfect. But, yeah, I mean, my kids Take will be the there. Kids. Bring your kid. Like, my I don't know about your cheese. kids, but my kids eat a lot of cheese. Okay, we have a caller. It's one of my favorite people, my favorite listeners of the show, um, and I think I think he does have quite an interest in cheese. So, Alan, are you there? Yes, I am here. <laughs> Hi. Hey, Alan, how are you? I think it's colder in New Orleans than it is up here in Seattle. <sighs> Probably. I'm going to Seattle in three weeks. So, yeah, I'm oh, expecting really? some I'm expecting some temperate weather when I get there. Oh, my goodness. So you're going to you're going to just just eat nothing but oysters up here. That's what I do. I, I do a lot of oyster eating when I'm in town. I'm I visit Seattle regularly for work and I do eat a lot of seafood when I'm there. I bet that's a great cheese oh. town, isn't it, Alan? Yeah. It is. And as a matter of fact, you know, we have, well, a block from my house because I live near a uh, um, a major supermarket that's um, it's a local. We have a bunch of them in Oregon and Washington State. There, it's uh, Fred Meyer's, and inside the Fred Meyer's, there's a Murray's. Yes, there is. <laughs> also, inside of um, QFC stores too, is is Murray's also implanted in supermarkets in New Orleans too, or? So in, yeah, the last thing I sort of the last thing I spearheaded before I left Murray's was our partnership with a supermarket chain called Kroger, which is the largest traditional supermarket chain in America. It's based in Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, we started opening Murray's cheese departments within Kroger supermarkets. Kroger owns Fred Meyer and QFC. That was the last division that I opened before I left Murray's. And actually... That program was so successful, there are now 450 Murray's cheese shops within supermarkets that Kroger owns around the country. And Kroger bought Murray's in 2012. So that was like, it went it uh, went really well. And the cheese is in Alaska now. <laughs> wow. So. Well, thanks thanks to, uh, to having that so close by. I'm, I'm, I've got in my hand a little chunk of, um, uh, it's a blue... Blue cheese. It's blue de. Uh, now I'm, I'm not pronouncing this right. Uh, blue de Auvergne, is it? Yeah, blue de Auvergne. Yes, it's a blue. blue it's a French blue from Auvergne. That's where it gets its name from. Uh, yeah, it's a great one. So, is are all blue cheeses just a, a type of Roquefort, or are we talking completely two different types of cheeses? Oh, that's a that's it? a great question. So. Blue is the style, and Roquefort is an example or a type of blue cheese, as is Blue Duvern, as is English Stilton. So um, it's not that there are types of Roquefort. It's that Roquefort is a type of blue. Um, and what makes them all sort of cousins is that, is that the, when a cheesemaker is making a blue cheese, they add mold spores to the milk during the cheese making process and that mold grows with exposure to air. So after the wheel is formed and it goes into its aging room, it starts to get blue on the outside and then it gets holes poked in it 
and the air gets into the center of the cheese and the mold starts to grow in the center. And that's where that blue veining or, you know, blue puck marks come from is um, the mold that was added by the cheesemaker. So, um, and you can make blue cheese from any milk type. You can make it in any country. Um, there are mild ones. There are really spicy, strong ones. So there's, like all cheese, there's a, a spectrum of possibility. What's your favorite, so, Alan? Well, I, I, I probably uh, the uh, Roquefort, I think. Is that, is that, is that the, the, the king? It is often cheese? considered to be the king of blue cheese. Yeah, it's a French blue made out of sheep milk. And it is definitely a stronger blue cheese um, compared to some of the sort of like softer, more buttery brie type blue cheeses. Um, but it's, it's one of my favorites and can't be beat with a sip of something sweet or a little bit of dark chocolate. It's fruit, yeah. um, but that salty, that salty, sweet contrast is really awesome. So the one that I, I have a sample of, and I haven't opened it yet, the uh, Blue de Verne, yes. you say? So that's like, I would, if you're thinking about flavor on a, like a scale of 1 to 10 in terms of how intense it is, I would put Roquefort at like an 8 or a 9, and I would put Blue de Verne at like a 5 or maybe a 6. So it's going to be... A little milder. You'll find it's a little more buttery and a little less... Um, it doesn't have as like long a finish. It might not be as mushroomy tasting, um, but it's definitely complex and and really. Sort what do of you pair it with? I mean, mm. in general, like all blues, I kind of take the same approach. So I I, I reach for something sweet when I'm pairing with blues because they're all they all have more salt than than many other styles of cheese. Um, I love one of my favorite things is um, dried dates and you can pop. Mm. This is actually a great thing for the holidays coming up. Like I do this a lot for Thanksgiving or just like when I have people come over at the last minute. You can keep dates in your pantry because they're dried. They yeah. don't go bad. And you, you cut them mm. in half and you take the pit out and then you stuff a little bit of blue cheese inside the mm. date and pop it in the toaster oven in the under the broiler for like two minutes. And you get this like incredible little like candied sweet date shell with this filling of salty sort of softened oh my goodness alan how good is that blue cheese oh, of any type it works with all blue cheeses and it's always delicious and if you want to wrap it in bacon i love to do that but if you're a vegetarian you wouldn't do that there. but i'm not mm -hmm. so i do <laughs> Uh, no, no, that sounds wonderful. Uh, one last question, and maybe, am I crazy for thinking that gargonzola reminds me a lot of blue cheese? And is is that because gargonzola you can also has that? Yeah, the, it's it's another kind of blue cheese. No, no, you're not crazy at all. It's like oh, blue oh, is just it, it, blue. Think of blue as like a giant umbrella, and there are many different cheeses that you know stand under that umbrella. Gorgonzola is absolutely one of them. So it's just another uh, style of another another um, example of what a blue cheese can be. So as, if as long as it's got that blue green mold on the inside, it's it's a blue. And um, yeah, Gor Gorgonzola. I mean, the Italians would tell you that's the king of blue cheese, but the French would tell you Roquefort. I love. Do you prefer a Gorgonzola? Um, Alan over over another type because I absolutely love gorgonzola and maybe because it's more milder. Yeah, there's there's I mean, not to further complicate the conversation, but there's two types of gorgonzola. So the Italians make a creamy gorgonzola. They call it dolce, which means sweet. And it's very it's much milder. And then they make a picante or a mountain style that's more like Blue Daverne. 
more like that middle range five six on a scale of one to ten um it's a little confusing because there are cheeses made in the united states that take the names of european cheeses but are made here and so we have gorgonzola which is a blue cheese made here it's very different from gorgonzola made in italy the italian gorgonzola is is better um so that's also something i kind of look at where the provenance of the cheese and if it's using a famous European name and it's made here, oftentimes, although Marika is a great example, not always, but like oftentimes the European original, if it's not better, it's at least different. Worth trying uh, the original. And what do you think of Beecher's? I love Beecher's. Kurt Damier Beecher. Kurt Damier is one of my like old Alan buddies. Alan loves he's Beecher's cheese. The, he's the owner uh -oh. of Beecher's. Um, they make amazing, they're a great example of like, so they make a beautiful cheese called Flagship, which you would look at it and say, oh, it's a cheddar. Um, and it and it and it's made like a cheddar and it looks like a cheddar, but it's it's got a little bit of a twist in the recipe and in the cheese making and the flavor is very different from what most of us think of cheddar as tasting like. So it's like kind of like what Ali experienced I, with the Gouda here. It's like, oh, it's not what I was expecting it to mm -hmm. be. Well, and it's better. Uh, I mean, I think it's delicious. <laughs> Not to embarrass um, uh, Allie, but so you know her oyster shells. Uh, some some of the they're, they're different sizes. I use the bigger ones and put um, crab meat, uh, Dungeness lump crab meat, on that, and uh, put that on the grill and put just you know before I take it off a little bit of. Uh, Beatrice cheese and make kind of an agrat in, you know? That does not sound bad. That sounds uh, pretty, pretty good. And that cheese is a little sweet. I don't know. That sounds delicious. I think that, that yeah. would work uh, quite nicely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for <laughs> calling. You're so in, welcome. Alan. Thanks for calling. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Oh my gosh. We, uh, we're getting so close. Liz, let's, um, Y'all, go sat. We're going to finish out these cheeses, but y'all go Saturday this weekend. 11 VIP tickets or 12 on general admission uh, entry. Bring your kids, eat cheese all day, get edification on like what you should pair with what coming up, you know, if you're going to do a cheese spread for holidays. But Liz, let's hit these ones yeah. and we'll so, try to wrap ourselves up. Okay. The third one I brought you I is called Smoking Goat. Smoking Goat. <laughs> And I brought it's it. It's a goat gouda. It's not a goat gouda. It is a goat cheese. Okay. Um, but I brought it because most people hear goat cheese and they think of the fresh, crumbly stuff you yeah. put on your salad. And one of the things I love about tasting lots of cheeses is that you learn that your expectations are not necessarily all that's out there. Um, so smoking, I can taste that tang of the yeah. But it's a yeah. firm. It but looks a like a gouda, one. and it's smoked. So. This is a Spanish goat cheese. It comes, uh, the, the importer is uh, Mitica Forever Cheese. Michelle's like one of the most sort of like leading experts on Mediterranean cheeses in the U.S. And she's got lots of goat and sheep milk cheeses mm. that she'll be bringing that are like not what you think. She'll have Manchego, which a lot of people know and love. But she's got a lot of like really random stuff from Spain and Italy that you've def definitely never heard of. And the smoking goat is one, so it's yummy. Um, yeah, totally, and not not like what people think goat cheese is going to be. Then, this is going to be my favorite. Yeah, well, this is you've already sort of given yourself away. Yeah. Um, the next one is an, an aged gouda, Dutch, and uh, for people who know gouda as like the red wax cheese, mm -hmm. aged gouda is very different. It's more like Parmesan. It's like 
butterscotchy and nutty and you said like crunchy in mm. texture i love the crystallization and this one's one. this is 18 months old i'm just starting it at like right there yeah and this cheese is called beamster um but it's like oh, I, I can know. taste a little bit of the crunch in it yeah cheese, so good. cheese people call it like cheese candy it's like fudgy and remember rock candy as a kid a little butterscotchy and yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you get the crunch so um, yummy yeah i bite down and i'm like can everybody hear the crunching when i bite on it because it is crunch i mean yeah i'm trying crunch. not to be impolite and eat into the, into microphone. the microphone yep i should so good we'll do that as well and then your last one i mentioned always end on the blue if you're gonna have yep. a blue i and feel like blue and gouda right next to each other is so good yeah, but you can see how the flavors are. They're getting, like, bigger yeah. and more intense and more lingering. And the last one is one of my favorite American blue cheese oh, that's makers. creamy. It's delicious. Point Rays out of Northern California. So this is um, their original blue. It's, like, their flagship cheese. And um, they make a couple different blue cheeses and just um, sort of, like, a seminal Northern California producer. This is fantastic. Well, we're wrapping up. We've got just a couple of minutes left. I just want to thank Liz for coming in and um, opening our minds up to all these different types of cheeses. I don't feel as embarrassed as I thought I would at the beginning of this. Oh, no. You've... I'm definitely I'm definitely going to start um, trying some different ones because I've basically found the ones I loved mm -hmm. and then just stuck with that. Yep. But I'm going to start um, I'm going to start pushing the envelope and, and, and trying a few different more. But this has been fantastic. I, th I hope you all have enjoyed the show. Tomorrow you've got Don, um, the gourmet neighbor. Um, I think he lives across the lake, so he's coming in. He's going to talk with you all. I don't know what about, but he's a very interesting man, so he's going to do it. But Liz and um, Beatrice Germain came in from um, the Go um, French-American Gulf Coast Chamber of Commerce. Liz is um, spearheading this um, fete de fromage this weekend. It's going to be fantastic, especially after all these cheeses I'm tasting. Y'all are going to be in capable hands. It's going to be great. Thanks, y'all. You're listening to 105.3 FM HD2. Have a great night. See you Friday. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.